0: reading from the 5th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, He went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to Him and He began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Before I would get into my opening story, I want to tell you some things about the Beatitudes that probably going to mess up my sermon and get me off track and all that kind of stuff. Because I just got, you know, I got a couple notes this Sunday. I'm going to uncover those and see if that will help me. But it's just part of it. You've got ADHD brain like mine. If you start talking about other stuff, you get lost in there. Anybody else ever had that experience? It happens. But I'm going to take the risk anyway. Here's some things I want you to know about the Beatitudes. These are not attitudes you are supposed to adopt, okay? These are not, this is not a, a set of ethics that you're supposed to work toward. You can't work toward being meek. You either are or you aren't. You can't work toward being poor in spirit. These are conditions that Jesus saw in the people that day. Remember it said, but Jesus when He saw the crowds, He sat down and taught them. And He talked about things that He saw in them. I'm convinced of that. He looked out and He saw people who were poor in spirit. He saw a whole nation that was oppressed by the Romans. He saw people who were being abused and under oppression and broken in their spirit. He saw people who were poor in spirit. And so he assured them that something was going to change. Then he looked and he saw people who were mourning. Not just the loss of a loved one, but mourning the condition of their Nation, their theocracy, their nation that existed under the God of Israel and bore His very name as their name. And He promised them that they would be comforted. And then He looked and He saw people who were meek, who couldn't stand up to the people who were oppressing them, who didn't have either the wherewithal, the strength, or whatever it might be, but people who weren't soft But meek, there's a difference. You can look that up when you get home. Meek. And what did he tell them? They will inherit the earth. That there's a reversal coming. That the time is coming when all things will be reversed. That the strong will be laid low. And the weak will be lifted up. Then he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because that's why they were around him in the first place. They wanted to hear his good teachings and his good word. They wanted to hear of righteousness and hope. The idea that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness means that it must be in short supply, for we're only hungry when Waffle House is closed, or when we can't afford to buy food. And when we don't have the means to go somewhere to buy it. When basic care of ourselves becomes an impossibility because of the conditions around us or conditions that other people have placed on us. And righteousness seems far removed. And then he said, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are all of you who show each other mercy, for you will receive mercy. Mercy. He's speaking to the conditions that he saw in people in everyday life. And these are the same conditions that exist in our life. And certainly there are things that we we can aspire to. We can choose to be more, more meek and not operate in our strengths. We can choose to decide not to have our opinion be the most important thing in the world. We can choose... We can choose to identify with those people who are oppressed and abused and many people right now in our society are doing that very same thing. Whether it's people who are standing alongside victims of human trafficking or people who are peacefully protesting. Many people are choosing to take up this ethic of standing with people who are poor in spirit. But we can't very well make ourselves poor in spirit. We can't very well make ourselves mourn, but we have all mourned. We remember two people this morning that we have lost just this year. We have all felt meek at times, overwhelmed, without hope, isolated. Chances are we have all wondered where will there be righteousness in the world ever again. Where will it happen that people will value truth over whatever they can say to get ahead? Can you imagine a world like that? We don't live in that world. But a world where righteousness is the rule of the day. Where we don't need laws to make people behave. Surely we know what it is to thirst for righteousness. And surely we also know what it is to long for mercy. And Jesus said that all of the people who experience those things are blessed. They're happy. And why were they happy that day? Why were all of those people in front of him who were experiencing those things happy? Because the Son of God was in their midst. The Beatitudes are not attitudes that we're supposed to be about having. They're promises that God is at work. They're promises that God is going to do something. And they're also descriptions of the life of Jesus. These words that came from the mouth of the Son of God were promises to us that God is about to do something. And that the pure in heart gathered that day would see God. And he going on to say that blessed are the peacemakers and very often we have applied that to our military, which is okay, they do make peace in some places, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is talking about is people who give themselves to reunite other people. People who make it their work to bring people together whose relationships have been broken. People who bring about shalom. The religious peace of people who know God. And then blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These are promises that God is doing something in the world. See if I can get back on track. You ready for that? Might look like a train wreck. There was a lady who went hiking one time, and she liked adventure hiking. I think Scott does some adventure hiking. Puts a little backpack on with a tent that I couldn't even crawl into. She liked to do that kind of thing, but one day she she decided she would go on just a normal hike and she would rent a cabin in a park and go hiking. And she thought she would just do that for a whole week or so. And the place was near her home. So she didn't take much with her, her, but she got there and she noticed that the place was a little bit more popular than she had thought it would be. But she decided to tough her plans out. And she set out that first morning hiking and as she walked along a precipice and came down into a shallow ravine, she saw a giant boulder that was about half the size of a house. And she noticed that everybody was going around it. And as she passed it, she heard a voice say to her, Push. And she looked to see if anyone was standing around her and she saw no one. And she said, What? And the voice said, Push. Well, she decided maybe she didn't have enough carbs in her body that day and hiking had exhausted her, so she just kept walking. Went back to the cabin ate some stuff, and the longer she sat there and ate trail mix, the more she was certain she had heard the voice of God tell her to push that boulder. And she wondered, what should I do? Because she's in a crowded park with hundreds of people who are going to walk by her, watching her push a boulder that's half the size of a small house. She knows she can't move it, but deep in her heart she hears the words, push, push. A whisper that maybe something is possible. So the next morning, she puts on two pairs of socks to protect herself from blisters. Puts on a pair of gloves and hikes to the rock. Puts her hands against the rock. pushes her feet backward to get some leverage. And she begins pushing. And she pushed, and she pushed, and she pushed, and she pushed. pushed. And people laughed, and they laughed, and they laughed, and they laughed. They made jokes about her, and in a couple weeks, she became the crazy lady who pushes the rock. And everybody talked about her as they walked by. She ended up quitting everything else she did, and she showed up to push that rock for months on end. She pushed it for four months. And she pushed and she pushed and she pushed. And people ridiculed her, made fun of her, made t-shirts, even bumper stickers. Come see the lady who pushes the rock. But she kept on pushing. Until one day, having lost about 40 pounds, she realized how strong she felt and she thought you know i'll push harder and she summoned all her new strong strength and she pushed even harder and she pushed for days and the boulder never moved a single degree and so after that renewed effort she was exhausted and one day she just lay down beside the boulder and looked at it and said lord i know i heard you tell me to push but it's not moving. And deep within her heart, she heard a voice say, but look how strong you are now. She said, but Lord, it's not moving. And the Lord said to her, I didn't tell you to move the boulder. I told you to push the boulder. And all day long for six months you have stood and pushed something that everybody else thought was impossible to move. And every day hundreds of people have walked by you and seen your faith. Every day hundreds of people have walked by you and thought about the things in their lives that they were pushing. The things that they were struggling against. Every day People have watched you push. I didn't ask you to move the boulder. I asked you to push the boulder. And at that moment, she felt the greatest calm she had ever felt. Dear ones, When Jesus gives these beatitudes, He's not giving us a boulder to push. He's assuring us that God will move the boulder. That God will move the obstacles of sin and death and oppression and hatred and persecution and all those things that hold humanity back from realizing the full life that God intends for us. God has not called the church to move the boulder. But He has called the church to push. Beatitudes are not a set of ethics that earn the kingdom of heaven for us. They are promises to us. That the promises of the kingdom of a full life in the full presence of Christ is truthful. That the time will come when hearts will be bound up in hope and truth. That the time will come when the merciful will receive their reward. That the time will come when the meek will be lifted up in the face of death. When the peacemakers will have victory and will no longer be scorned. When those who thirst for righteousness will be honored. When those who have lived their life in such a way that they have been laughed at. When those who have stood and pushed on the boulder of sin and death while the world laughed. Will be honored by the God who called them to push. The Beatitudes tell us that a time of reversal is coming. And the Son of God is making that promise. But for now, church, we stand in a long line of people who have been called to push back against the spiritual forces of sin and death. To push back against injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. To push back against hatred To push back against rejection. To push back against loss of hope. My prayer is that we will resolve to be like that hiker. And never give up. For the day will come. When the Lord Jesus Christ will return and roll that boulder into the hell it belongs in. But for now, church, push. Be people who push back against sin and death. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.